Hi folks, I wanted to give a little content warning off the top because in this episode we talk about some stuff that might be triggering for some folks, including crushing people and animals, pedophilia, non-consensual exhibitionism, race play, and knife play. Hope you enjoy the episode! Welcome to the Dildorks, dorky discourse on sex, dating, and masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist, a sex blogger, and a sex-positive person. Who are you, friend? I am a sex educator, a blogger. Fuck, I was going to say podcaster. You know, that's why we're here. (laughs) Fuck. That's why we brought you here today. (laughs) I do shit, and I'm vaguely sex-positive. And what's your name? Bex. Say your name. There you go. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> Help. You got that so wrong in so many ways, and I loved every second of it. <laughs> Pride was this weekend, and I'm so tired. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I feel like all the queers at the end of Pride are just like these bedraggled husks of humans just covered in glitter and sweat and cum, and they're just like, help me, I need to drink some water and rest for a week. (laughs) I showed up at work yesterday in, like, an oversized shirt and, like, a hat, and my coworkers are like, how you doing? How was your pride? And I was (laughs) like, I'm sober for the first time in 40 hours, leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) They were just like, oh, okay. (laughs) I didn't even do pride this year. I pretty much, like, stayed in my house for the whole weekend and was just, like, sick and sad and just, like chill and it was actually kind of nice i was like pretty glad not to be out there yeah i just honestly for the most part it's just that i became nocturnal all of that because i had all night shifts at work last week and then Mm -hmm. all pride which is also night Mm -hmm. i don't know what the sun looks like anymore (laughs) and then i had to get up at 7 a.m today oh i'm dying you're a gay vampire i like it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> am <laughs> less <So>. glitter <laughs> really less glitter i'm surprised yeah, i didn't have any glitter i was trying to find someone covered in glitter that i could make out with just so i could get some like contact glitter because i mm-hmm. felt under glittered but it didn't mm-hmm. wind up happening every fucking year at pride i swear someone throws a handful of glitter on or near me And then every year I make the same joke, which is, like, inevitably a few days later, I'll find some glitter on my vulva, and I'll be like, hey, it's my glitteris. (laughs) Which is, like, really not even a good joke. And yet it delights me. Every time. (laughs) Remember that time at Dildo Holiday where there was someone had a piercing on their clit hood in the porn we were watching and we spent so much of the porn trying to figure out if it was a glob of lube or a piece of (laughs) glitter or an actual piercing just a mysterious clitoral adornment of some kind (laughs) and finally i was like oh she touched it and it it didn't move that's how you know it's real (laughs) i don't know sometimes glitter really just sticks on there this is true (laughs) it's a very large piece of glitter Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
So we're talking about sex positivity today, which really doesn't have a whole lot to do with what we were just talking about. No. That's that's fine. <laughs> this is gonna be the ramble cast. Yeah. Brought to you <laughs> by Bex. <laughs> okay, so I would like to get like a basic definition of what sex positivity is, and if you are feeling too tired to do that, then I can do that. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. I feel like it's really hard to get a basic definition of what sex positivity is, because I feel like that's going to be half of our conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I would say it's... Uh, because there's a, I think it's less about what sex positivity is and more about what it's not because it's not slut shaming it's not assuming that everyone should be having all sex all the time it's mm-hmm. kind of accepting people where they're at in terms of sexuality and mm-hmm. understanding that as much or as little sex as you're having is okay and whatever kind of sex you're having is okay as long as it's within consenting framework mm-hmm And then also there's a lot of, like, education focus, I think, involved in it, too. Making sure you know how to do the things you want to do safely. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just gonna, like, my definition is basically what you just said. It's, like, it's the belief that any sex that is consensual and safe is okay. And I hear the word safe a lot when people are talking about what sex positivity is. And I think it's important to note that safe is uh, a malleable concept because there are certain activities that like if they were done by someone who doesn't know what they're doing they're not going to be safe like rope bondage for example or like fire play Um, but if you're with someone who has expertise in those things then they can be safe and they can fall into the umbrella of like acceptability within sex positivity Yeah, I really like the term risk-aware more than I like safe, because Mm. it kind of accepts that nothing is inherently safe or risky, but Mm -hmm. you're conscious of what those are going in. And to be honest, being risk-aware is consenting, because you is being consensual, because you can't consent to something unless you're aware of all of the risks going in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you remember the first time that you encountered the term sex-positive? I don't. It was probably on that review site that the reviewers don't talk about anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a sex toy review site that turned out to be super shitty and unethical, and it's where a lot of us got our starts, but we don't talk about them anymore, and when we do, we like to refer to them as Sweden manatees. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I forgot we did that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Those goddamn Swedish manatees <laughs> um, are probably where I first heard the term. Um, mm-hmm. That or in one of the books I got from, like, Borders when I was first exploring sexuality and was like, I should learn me some things. <laughs> what about yeah. you? I remember hearing about it on the Sex is Fun podcast because their kind of whole thing was about being sex positive and I was really immediately Mm. drawn to this approach because like there was so much sex shaming around me at that time like I think that's true for everybody pretty much like it wasn't coming directly from my family or my friends but like there was a lot of it in the culture and so it was so interesting and affirming for me to hear these conversations as they would have on that podcast where it would be like one of them would share like a fetish or kink that they were into 
And other people on the show might be like, well, that's not a thing that I'm into, but like, that's really cool. That's really interesting. Tell me more about that. And mm-hmm. it was just this approach that was like very non judgmental. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. You can actually like not be into a thing and also still support it, <laughs> which is an important thing for me to learn. Yeah, I think uh, I may have heard it on uh, Sex Nerd Sandra too. That was one of the first other like mm-hmm. sex positive media things that I was consuming mm-hmm. um, when I was listening to that back when it like first started. Mm hmm. Uh, and I always, for me, it wasn't like, it wasn't like it was combating these other ideals that I already had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I kind of, I don't really know where I got this like basic understanding of sex positivity from, but I think I always kind of had it. I wasn't like actively sex positive. Like I didn't have the knowledge base. I didn't know a lot of like the activist things that I needed to know but at the same time it never occurred to me to judge people for their sexual habits Mm -hmm. so it was more I came into it um if anything I was definitely on the other side of sex positivity that doesn't get talked about as much where it's like the assumption that everyone should be having the weirdest greatest craziest sex all the time (laughs) or they're not doing it right, or they're not sex positive, or they're a prude, or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. Where, for me, it wasn't unlearning slut-shaming, it was unlearning, like, (laughs) vanilla-shaming. Where I would be like, just, like, you don't do kink shit? What are you doing with your life? (laughs) Um, So, for me, that was more the kind of sex positivity I had to learn. Or, like, what do you mean you don't want to have sex? Like, Mm -hmm. wants sex right which like is bullshit (laughs) and sex positivity is also in like true sex positivity is also Mm -hmm. inclusive of ace folks and vanilla folks and straight folks and all of that Mm -hmm. i love how it's like the ultimate taboo the straights (laughs) (laughs) well this is like one of the biggest criticisms of the sex positivity movement right is that like there are people who are like sex critical or sex negative who say that, like, the sex positivity movement has uh, forced sex on people that they don't want to have or shamed people for not wanting to have sex or for not being able to have sex or for not having sex that's, like, wild enough. Well, so, like, to be fair, um, there are people who have taken the word sex positivity and used it in that way and thrown it at people and been like... Why can't you just be sex positive and suck my dick? God. Like. Yeah. yeah. That, that is a thing. Or like, God, you're so close minded. Mm-hmm. Why won't you let me tie you up? And like, mm-hmm. those people are also wrong. <laughs> yeah. But to say that that doesn't happen in sex positivity at all, which I think some other sex positive folks do, where they're like, no, that's not what sex positivity is about. So no one ever does it ever is also a little, like, <laughs> eh, mm. There are some people yeah, using well, it I mean, wrong. I, I, I feel about it how I also feel about feminism and also kink. Like, I've known so many people who use the rhetoric of these movements in order to essentially gaslight or manipulate people. Like, I've known dudes who really talked the talk of, like, risk-aware consensual kink 
and um, use that knowledge to sort of like cross people's boundaries. Um, and I've known dudes who like talk the talk of feminism as well in order to like make themselves out as like good dudes when they actually fully were not good dudes. So I certainly think yeah. that like a lot of these types of progressive movements, if you know the language of them, you can kind of use that to your advantage in shitty ways sometimes. Um, but it's it's kind of like communism where it's like the theory of it is so good. It's just like in practice, it often gets fucked up. I don't know how to segue from communism. Uh. <laughs> Are there other criticisms you know of the sex positivity movement? I mean, the only thing, other thing I can think of is not really like a criticism of the movement, but rather just the direct opposition of it, where it's the people who are mm -hmm. like, but like, okay, but not all sex is okay. So why are you walking around saying yeah. it is, you know, and the idea, yeah. but like, there are these weirdos and these perverts doing this kink shit, talking about their daddies <laughs> and shit. It's not okay. They need mm. help. We can't yeah. condone this behavior. Which, like, I think we can just accept is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, like, I got into a, an argument on Twitter the other day with someone who was telling me, like, uh, yeah, I was arguing that, like, we shouldn't kink shame because that's bad and goes against the goal of sexual freedom. Uh, and someone was like, but some kinks are generally, are genuinely worth shaming um and they named as an example like a crushing kink which is like a kink for like wanting to crush people or animals um and i made the point i would not consider that kink because to me kink implies consent i would consider that violence there are so many kink things that if there's not consent they're straight up violence and like calling them kink is uh, is disingenuous because that's not what that is but i think it was just like a difference in semantics that was leading us to argue over this yeah well and also i'd even argue that the kink is not problematic the behavior is but if they're reading stories right, about right. it if they're watching animated porn about it if they're fantasizing about it fucking do it who the fuck cares like there's nothing wrong mm -hmm. with the kink it's when you start getting fluffy bunnies and putting them under your Doc Martens that, like, maybe there's a problem. <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah, I've heard also, like, a growing debate in the past few years in, in our communities about pedophiles and, like, uh, you know, there are people who are pedophiles in the sense that they have these attractions to children, but they do not act on them. And some people are like all pedophiles are dangerous they should all be like locked away or whatever and some people are like no like if someone's a non-acting pedophile we should like support those people and give them resources and help to keep them non-acting uh which i think is a really compelling point like especially given the growing evidence that our kinks are like pretty hardwired into us yeah like there's a whole spectrum of things that people can be into and i think Shame and I think shaming those things and saying it's terrible and it's wrong and everyone who has ever even had a passing thought about this thing is evil is part mm -hmm. of the reason that these people that people feel the need to repress this shit and act out in dangerous ways and like maybe they don't they can't think of resources to indulge their kink in healthy ways so they do it in unhealthy ways even like. Mm -hmm. exhibitionists who run around flashing people non-consensually like mm -hmm. a lot of that is like well I need to show someone what do I do 
And, like, mm-hmm. if there was more open dialogue around, and obviously not to conflate that with any other, like, we were talking about a lot more problematic shit, but mm-hmm. if there was an open dialogue in the world of, like, so this shit some people are into, and, like, mm-hmm. the people that are into that, well, they're over there. That means that, like, anyone mm-hmm. who's into it will hear this dialogue and know, oh, there's websites I can go to. Oh, there's clubs. Oh, there's forums. Oh, you know? Mm-hmm. Rather than, like, shoving it into the shadows and leaving these people completely lost and unable to cope with some problematic kinks. Like, even shit like yeah. race play, super problematic. Mm-hmm. But if you realize that it's a kink and it's something that can be played with with people who are consenting in XYZ number of ways, that works out a whole lot better than you just creepily fetishizing people of a certain race on a dating site. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe don't do that. Yeah, super <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> so what are some ways that we can be sex positive in our day-to-day life, like in our friendships, in our relationships, even maybe at our workplace. Call out people's shit. Mm-hmm. Like, don't just <laughs> smile and laugh when someone makes a joke about someone being a slut or, like, you know, mm-hmm. call something weird or whatever. Even it, like, you don't have to be like, well, here is my thesis on all of the reasons why what you just said is problematic. Like, I, sometimes I make a joke right back, or I go, or I ask them to define, like, whatever word they're using. They'll be like, oh god, she's such a slut. Why? (laughs) I don't understand. Why? (laughs) And then watch people try to explain it. It's hilarious. You should try it sometime. Um, For me, also, uh, to steal slash borrow a term from my friend Kate McCombs, uh, I just consider myself a beacon of permission. And by that, Mm -hmm. I mean, I talk about shit pretty openly. Mm -hmm. I got to work Mm -hmm. uh, yesterday and someone came over and was like, oh, hey, how was your weekend? And I was like, great, I got hit with brass knuckles. (laughs) And they were like, uh, (laughs) how? And I was like, consensually. And you don't have to divulge that much information. Honestly, I hadn't planned on it, but I was tired and things happened. Uh, So I just said the thing. But, like, openly talking about and being, like, the weird kinky pervert at my job means I've had other people be like, well, I am into butt stuff. I've never really talked about that before. Because they're like, well, no one's going to be weirder than Bex. (laughs) And for me, I don't have a risk of losing my job for doing that. It doesn't make me uncomfortable. I enjoy being the weird dude. And I think, like, just even having this podcast and, like, letting people see that sex is a normal thing that you can like talk about and that people do and people do all kinds of shit and it's totally fine uh and just role modeling that is a lot more powerful than people give it credit for sometimes yeah totally i've even had like you be comfortable like 
putting things on the internet or whatever in ways that I'm not, or I have another friend who I work with who is comfortable talking about things that would have been, like, edgy or nerve-wracking for me before, and now I see y'all do it, and I'm like, fuck it! (laughs) (laughs) I think it's true, like, social capital or, like, the idea that something is, like, socially considered cool is a lot of what influences our feeling of, like, being allowed to do a thing. So, like, when you see people that you look up Mm -hmm. to modeling a certain type of behavior, I think it does make you feel more okay with it. Uh, which is always why I recommend, like, if people live in a small town or in a conservative community and they want to, like, open their minds sexually and shift their perspective sexually, I always recommend, like, following people on Twitter who are really sex positive or, like, listening to sex positive podcasts. Because um, as much as you, like, can fill your brain with this stuff, the more that you're going to feel like that's normal and you're going you're gonna to move toward embodying that perspective in your life. What kind of things can people look for to see if someone is actually sex positive, though, versus just using that rhetoric? I mean, I think what I hear from a lot of sex positive people all the time is some iteration of the phrase, that's fine, or you're okay, or you're normal, um, no matter what someone is telling them, like, as long as it's, like, consensual and whatever. Yeah, I think another thing is that uh, sex positivity is used kind of as a permission slip for other people instead of, like, using it as, you have to do this to be sex positive. Mm -hmm. It's more like, be sex positive and allow people to do that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's more, yes, you can, not yes, you have Mm -hmm. to. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that's a big difference. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, sorry, I totally interrupted you, but I wanted to make a point, because I feel like there's a lot of people who just say sex positive, like we talked about mm-hmm. earlier, and if we we want people to find the right resources, right. you yeah. know? But anyway, you were saying. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of what I do in my life that I consider myself to be sex positive by doing this is, like, if someone comes to me with a kink or a fantasy or whatever um, that they're maybe scared to admit to... Uh, I used to have to try really hard to sort of keep a poker face when people would tell me these things and, and like really remain calm and not show that I, that I did think they were a bit like out there. Um, but now that I've like practiced that enough, it comes much more naturally for me to actually non-judgmentally react like, oh, that's interesting. Like, tell me more about that. Why are you into that thing? Um, what appeals to you about that? Uh, And I just sort of have, like, more of an attitude of, like, curiosity than judgment about these sorts of things. Another way I think is helpful to live as a sex-positive person is to go to sex shops with people if they need someone to go with them. So, like, I've had lots of friends who, like, wanted to go to a sex shop for the first time, wanted to buy some sex toys, but they were, like, super nervous to go to a shop by themselves. So a way that I help them out is by going with them and, like, maybe I'll, like, interact with the sales staff for them. Maybe I'll, like, make some recommendations, um, guide them toward things that are going to be better for their bodies and, like, better in general. Uh, And I think that any way that we can help, uh, like, guide someone through an otherwise scary sexual experience, whether that's, like, giving them knowledge or giving them actual physical help with it, that is a great way to be sex positive. Yeah, and I think the stuff you were talking about earlier about just being a neutral receiver of information and, like, listener is really, really important. Mm -hmm. I've been meaning to go to a SAR for, like, years, which is a sexual attitude 
readjustment to something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it's basically hours of discussion of really edgy stuff to kind of get yourself to a point where um, you don't have that initial oh god reaction mm-hmm. um, around sexuality and kind of get you to a point where you're comfortable with a lot of these things. Uh, for me, I can't, like, I need to have the neutral face because people tell me things and they, like, my initial reaction is always one of two things. Either, Psh, you think that's edgy? <laughs> or, which is usually butt stuff. I literally out loud at work, I said, I was like, oh, you know, this person, like, they're into some edgy stuff, whatever. And someone was like, like, you mean butt stuff? And I was like, bitch, that's some first date shit. I mean, uh, I'm gonna go. (laughs) That dude was not prepared for that answer. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and I want to respect that. Oh, this is an edgy thing for you. This is a scary thing for you. Great, I can hold space for that. We can talk about that. Like, I want to understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it's an edgier thing, I'm always just like, oh my god, that's fascinating. Tell me more. <laughs> and I don't want, and again, I want to hold space for something that might be difficult for them to discuss. But like, tell me everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What you said about the sexual attitude readjustment thing reminded me of this story I heard a while ago um, about the trials that were going on when uh, it was being decided whether fisting porn was going to be considered obscene and, like, not allowed to be sold. And apparently there was just, like, these, like, super long days in court where everybody in court just had to watch, like, tons of gay fisting porn, like, all day. (laughs) Oh, my God. And, like, some of the jury members... Like, dream job. I know, but they said that, like, by the end of, like, the second or third day, they were, like, so tired tired of it like it was so boring to them and they just wanted to stop Fuck That and Fuck Yeah is our weekly segment where we tell you something we hate and something we love. And this week we're talking about sex positivity. What's your fuck that this week? My fuck that is something I touched on earlier, but it's basically that somehow the ace community gets completely, like, ignored from a lot of sex positive movements and from a lot of the LGBTQ, like, queer communities as well, Mm -hmm. when, like... Can we talk about asexuality being a thing and being a spectrum just like any other sexuality is? And, like, because I bet you there's a lot of ace people out in the world that are like, well, shit, my junk's just broken, I guess. Um, Yeah, totally. Because this isn't a thing I'm into. When really, again, that beacon of permission thing, if they knew that it was out there and that there were people living that way, it's very possible that people would just be like, oh, okay. I guess that's me. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, I know it was a long time before I started hearing different trans narratives and being like, oh, I guess that's me. But I had to hear other people's <laughs> stories. And like, yeah. can we start telling some ace stories, please? Yeah. Even asexuality is something I've been learning about more and more recently as I have more and more ace friends. I think even people who do know what asexuality is, they're 
they're under this impression that it is, like, no sex ever, and every ace person is completely sex-repulsed, and, like, you shouldn't even talk about sex around them, when, like, some of them have sex, some of them masturbate, some of them don't, some of them are sex-repulsed, like, it's just as much a spectrum as any other sexuality, so, like, can we start talking about it, please? What's your fuck that? (laughs) My fuck that is kink-shaming myself which is a thing I'm very guilty of. Uh, It's sort of like anything in life where, like, you'll tend to be more critical of yourself than you are of other people. Um, And I I try to just remind myself, like, what if I was, like, my best friend? Would I react and respond the way to my kinks that I respond to my friend's kinks? And I would like to be a lot more uh, non-judgmental of my own kinks. Like, when I was figuring out my, like, daddy-dom little girl shit, I was very judgy toward myself. And even recently, like, I've been having some intermittent fantasies about knife play, which is, like, super not a thing I think I want to do in real life. I think it's just going to live in my fantasy life for a while or for longer than a while. Um, But I've been having all these, like, judgy thoughts about myself. Like, I'm a fucking weirdo and a pervert because I am thinking about someone holding a knife near me. And, like, no, like, it's perfectly fine to have that fantasy as long as, like, if I do decide to act it out, I do it in a way that's safe and consensual, obviously. Yeah, knives are real great. Knives are real great. Yeah. I I uh, definitely told my uh, high school boyfriend about my knife kink. And he was definitely not down at all. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned this to I, like, I mentioned this to my boyfriend recently, and he was like, "Well, just so you know, I can't help you out with that." And I was like, "No, I know. Like, I wasn't actually asking you to help me out with that because I really don't think I would like it in real life. It's just sort of something I think about, and that's totally fine." What is your fuck yeah? My fuck yeah is completely unrelated, but. Uh, as of Friday, I am one month on tea! Yay! Yay! Congrats. And this month has five weeks, so, like, it's extra. It's, like, bonus extra long month on tea. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I'm super excited, so, like, I noticed a lot of uh, mental health reactions. Like, I, w- I have way more energy, which is great, and, like, the fog, the fogginess and lethargy and apathy that kind of came with my depression has cleared up mm-hmm. almost entirely, and nice. a lot of that is probably the extra energy, and also it's spring slash summer and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I'm sure, contributed as well, but the tea was a big part of that. I mentioned it to one of my coworkers, and he was just like, oh, it's like you should have always had this in your body. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so like the mental health stuff has, it was pretty intense the first week and it's totally balanced out. Um, and I've had a lot of like mystery side effects, things that I'm looking at where I'm like, was, was that hair always there? Is that, is that new? <laughs> Is it thicker? Is it? So, like, stuff on the tops of my arms or, like, across my chest where I'm like, huh, I don't know if that hair was always there or if I'm just noticing this peach fuzz now because I'm, like, super aware of my body. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been mostly stuff like that lately. Uh, except, as of last week, my clit has officially finally started growing. Like, <laughs> I definitely was, like, sexting with my partner, and I, like, took a picture and was like, that looks different. And then, like, I was like, I'm I'm not gonna say anything. And then after we were done, he texted me, he's like, by the way, your bits are bigger. And I was like, I knew it! (laughs) (laughs) 
Yay! And that's really exciting, because that's, like, not a thing. Like, the extra hair, and, like, my skin is greasier and breaking out more, and I'm just like, oh, is it summer? Am I making it up? I don't know. Like, my bits change size. Like, that's Mm -hmm. just a real thing. That's not a thing Mm -hmm. that I could be making up, and that's not a thing that could be caused by the change in the weather. Like... (laughs) Oh, it's so, sunny anyway. out. My clit's an inch, an inch bigger. Great. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's your fuck yeah? Uh, my fuck yeah is trying new things for fun. And I think that this is something I, I wouldn't have done nearly as much if I hadn't discovered sex positivity. Because, like, I think before I discovered this movement, I was a lot more like, oh, that kink is not something that I'm into, so I'm not even going to, like, look at it or think about it or explore it. But, like, recently I was invited to a cake-sitting party, uh, which is, like, not a kink I've ever been into, does not turn me on or anything, but I was kind of like, hmm, like, I wonder what that would be like, and I wonder if it would turn me on if I tried it. Um, so I went to the party and I got all dressed up for the occasion and I was talking to some folks there who do have that kink and who are into it. And I was just sort of asking them like, what appeals to you about this kink? What's interesting to you about it? And they told me stuff about how they really like sort of the like messy letting go quality of it and the taboo of it. Like it's something that you're super not supposed to do because it's like messy and like gross and whatever. Um, and I thought that was interesting. And then I sat on a cake And, uh, it was, like, fun. Like, I didn't have any sexual feelings about it, but it was just sort of, like, a fun adventure that was out of my comfort zone and out of my usual activities. And, uh, I had a good time, and I'm glad that I did it. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. I love playing with that stuff. And, like, every time I've played with a kink that isn't my kink, I've always found it fun. Yeah. It may or may not be sexy, but it's always, like, just fun. (laughs) You know, Um, and every once in a while, or at the very least, fascinating. And every Mm -hmm. once in a while, I'm like, oh, this, I was like, I, usually, it's never the ones where I'm like, that's definitely not my thing. But it's usually the ones where I'm like, I mean, it's interesting, but like, it's not, it's not my kink. It's just (laughs) interesting. Fast forward two months, I'm like, this is so much my fucking kink. Um, yeah, I think I think part of sex positivity is being open to that evolution in other people and in yourself and in the idea that, like, your sexual desires might change over the course of your lifetime, and that's totally okay, even if they go in a direction that you totally could not have predicted. Yeah, and I love, like, I've always known this, and I'm just realizing, like, more and more over the years as I delve into more and more, like, different kinks, how campy and ridiculous kink is sometimes. <laughs> With stuff like cake sitting and, like, I do a lot with, like, wrestling fetish stuff, which is not (laughs) my kink, but, like, I do videos and I'm involved a lot with that scene. And Mm -hmm. it's just so campy and ridiculous and adorable (laughs) and so much fun. Like, (laughs) it's so fun. Uh, And I just, I love it. It just makes me smile so much, even if, even if it's not making my bits hard. Like, I'm just, I enjoy it. (laughs) You know what else makes me smile is when people listen to our podcast. So that doesn't make you your so bits much. hard, though? Um, <laughs> metaphorically, yes. <laughs> a little bit. It makes my, it gives my heart a boner, you know? A little bit of an appreciation boner. A little hard on. Um. <laughs> if you want to make it bigger, then uh, review us on iTunes. Just saying. Yes. Um. <laughs> 
So thanks for listening to this episode of The Dildorks. I have been Kate Sloan. You can find my sex blog at girlyjuice.net and the rest of my writing at katewritesaboutsex.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at girly underscore juice. I would love to hear from you this week on Twitter. Uh, tweet at me about something sex positive that someone had has done for you at some point in your life. I would love to hear about that. Where is your stuff at? I'm at Bex Talk Sex on Twitter and Instagram. Check out my Instagram. It's alive again. I'm actually doing things there. Um, you can also <laughs> find all my writing at BexTalkSex.com. Uh, together we're the Dildorks. We're at the Dildorks on Twitter and Instagram and at thedildorks.com. You can find us on your favorite podcast app. Write us a review in iTunes or Stitcher. It helps other people find us and makes me smile and makes our heart boners even bigger. If you, if you also want to support us uh, by going to patreon.com slash the dildorks, you can throw a few bucks our way. Help us keep doing what we're doing in exchange for really rad perks for you. Thank you, friends. Thank you also to Protodome for letting us use his song, I Want You in My Bedroom, as our theme song. His music is at protodome.bandcamp.com. And thank you also to Amy Gardner for doing our art for us. She is at starboots underscore on Twitter. And wait, before we go, I have really exciting news that we have to share with everyone. Yay! We are doing a live recording of the podcast at Woodhull. It's going to be Friday, August 4th in D.C. The con is the whole weekend. I'll be there with my Sarah. Kate will be there and a bunch of the other Blog Squad people will be there. Um, It's Friday, August 4th at 6.30 is our recording. We're going to be talking about all of our favorite tips and tricks for attending these cons and self-care at cons and meeting people and being extroverted when you're an introvert and (laughs) all of our favorite stories because I've been going to the cons like this for years and Kate has too. And uh, we actually really like met and cemented our friendship at one. Um, Yeah. Two different cons, (laughs) but yes. Mm -hmm. Um. And if you don't know what the Woodhull Sexual Freedom Summit is, it's just this amazing sex conference that really puts a lot of emphasis on sexual freedom and sex positivity and, like, uh, social progressiveness and um, diversity. And they're, they're, like, probably my favorite con of the year, maybe tied with Playground Conference. Yeah, Um, Playground's really good, too. And it's back! Yeah. (laughs) So if you want to come to that, they are at sexualfreedomsummit.org, and you can also find all the info there about the schedule, including the live recording that we're going to do, and we would love to see you there. Yeah, if you're going to be at the con, tweet at me. I want to know who you're going to meet, and like, if you see me walking around, I'm going to be distracted, bounced around, talking to a bunch of different people. So if I don't find you, come find me. Come talk to me. I want to meet you. I yeah, will be same. wearing come ridiculous outfits, but just, like, me come too. up to me. <laughs> oh, my God. My Sarah and I have such... Oh, so much outfit planning has happened. Oh, my God. It's oh, going to be excellent. I'm excited. <laughs> no, you should be. <laughs> anyway. Okay, well, until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Bye. 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 We did it. We did it. Oh, okay. Okay, I know we're just going into it, but I need to show you two pictures. Like, that's it. But I bought it at Pride, and it's Hercules taking a dick pic. Oh my god. And Naked Flynn Rider. Oh.
<laughs> do you like these sounds I make? <laughs> I do. So, like, that was all. They were next to me, and it's important. He can go the distance, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's just... We're going to do a quickie, because I'm dying, and you're... Um, gotta go get spanked. <laughs> yep. Two very and different fates for the dildorks tonight. <laughs> I, I mean, I might be jerking off when we're done. My sir has been sexting me all day. Uh, okay. Well, that's so, fine, too. Yeah. So, like, vaguely similar fates, except mine involves less people. Uh, mine involves less sex. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there might be sex later afterward, but we'll see. Yeah. Mm-hmm.